Hello, 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 everybody. Happy, happy, happy snowy North Dakota Monday. If you're like me, most of you have probably been having a lot of fun trying to figure out how you were going to get to work. And once you got on the road, wondering if that was the smartest thing you'd ever done. We got quite a lot of snow and quite a lot of blowing snow. And I know that there's a lot of folks digging out. And if you can have a chance to be with us live here, we're dealing with a little technical difficulties. My producer, Paul, is hot. Hot working to fix that out. But in the meantime, I would like to cover a few things while we're working to get Mr. Charles Tuttle on with us here with a Zoom call. And you can always find us at Common Sense Uncensored on Twitter, Rumble, YouTube, Podbean, if you just want the audio, GrandForksBestSource.com, of course. And we are having our third year anniversary as of March 17th, which is St. Patrick's Day, in case you're out there and not Irish. Grand Forks Best Source, third year anniversary, and there's going to be a lot of folks on board, previous guests. Friends are invited to come out and hang out with us, so you might be finding some real interesting people talking over and chatting things over, okay? And we're just going to keep going here and find out what we can do to uh, get Charles on board. Uh, Part of what... Charles did was, in fact, a initiative which happened to uh, deal with term limits. And some of the things that are happening with some of the initiatives that down in the legislature, what they're attempting to do is they're attempting to find out different ways that they can circumvent the will of the people and get around the term limits that we put in. One of the things is they want to make it from eight years to 12 years, which just happens to be a violation of the current codes and stuff, but they're apparently not going to let them that stop them. Uh, if you were with us the other day when we had the ability to talk to our friendly auditor regarding the Williston school audit, and he told us some of the fun things that were happening at his uh, office where they're attempting to defund him. I thought you might like to know that this coming Monday, we are going to be having a lady with us named Dawn, and she is one of the people from the Williston School District area. And what they did was she's one of the spearheads behind getting that audit that occurred that found 21 cases of malfeasance. And, uh, It's been interesting to watch uh, the heartburn, quite frankly, that has been being caused by uh, this audit in Williston and the scramble that has been occurring from people that have been wanting to put a leash and a muzzle on the auditor. This is an ongoing drama, and I'm not a big fan of drama, but they're uh, well back... Mr. Mr. Gallion was actually voted in in 2016, and it didn't take him long to make some enemies. Back in the closing days of 2019 legislative session, lawmakers amended the budget for his office to include language gutting the office's authority. So in just two years, he made some aggressive enemies at the legislator. Apparently, this was in the, in 2019, this was in the wake of a controversy over a Super Bowl trip paid for by an energy company uh, that the uh, Galleon's office uh, initiated a thorough review of Governor Bergam's travel expenses. He made hairline, headlines and irked uh, powerful tourism interests when he found several state en- agencies, including the tourism department, were hoarding money 
even as they asked for increased appropriations from lawmakers. This is a 2019 article that goes into deep, deep dive just from then. Well, let's fast forward now to... 2023 and our current legislative thing, and they are continuing their attack. In fact, they've actually ramped it up. They are are continuing their attack on the auditor's office. There were quite a number of bills that came forth to attempt to remove budgets, uh, budgeting money, make sure that he could not charge appropriately for being able to uh, do an actual audit and other things. And uh, in fact, I found this was rather interesting. I Emailed because House Bill 1508 is another one that is attempting to rein in our wonderful state auditor. And it has gone over, and we've had the crossover, and so it has gone forth over to the Senate where there's been a bunch of amendments, not the least of which is an amendment that would approve that the governor be able to appoint an auditor to audit the auditor's office findings, of which, of course, would be paid for, again, by we the people. Not only is that a duplication of expenses, it's a basically what it's going to be doing is producing a governor-backed individual agency that is going to be able to go, nanner, nanner, what the auditor found isn't what we found, so, so that means we're right there wrong. It's, it's kid stuff people. It's kid stuff. So uh, while, while Paul is still attempting to get Mr. T- Charles Tuttle on, I'm going to read you a little conversation that I had with uh, my District 20 representative. I, I originally, we got, do we have Charles yet? Okay. So what we've got is, uh, what we've got is gentlemen, I do not agree with the charges being put forth in this bill, especially the governor being able to appoint a state auditor. There's a reason this office must remain elected by and for the people. This office provides a critical governmental element by separating agency operation and providing transparency. Having the governor able to simply appoint removes any ability to act independently and promotes the idea that any agency will simply be able to hide or avoid being accountable. Many agencies and politicians have been embarrassed lately, and rightfully so, by timely audits. The answer here is not to destroy the messenger, but for government to work harder at being in actual compliance of North Dakota Century Code and our Constitution. If you vote to allow the choice of auditors to be removed from the people, you will be culpable in voting to hide any transparency of government from the voter, and the citizens. I feel compelled to ask those of you who are pushing for this change, what are you so desperate to hide? And I think that's a valid statement. When you are fighting the auditor that badly because he simply found that you are not being a very good steward of the people's money and you are doing the best that you can, quite frankly, in my opinion, openly, to kill the messenger, I think what we have to deal with is, is some, some basic questions as to why this is even being allowed to occur. To which I got my response from Mr. Haggard. I have attached the current language for HB 1508. I'm assuming that's the bill you are referencing. I am not finding any reference to the governor being able to appoint the auditor. Can you inform me as to where this instance is for my education? Thanks. And, of course, he signs it, Representative Jared C. Haggard, District 20, Finance and Tax, Energy and Natural Resources. I thought his asking for my educating him was a little snarky. So 
I have to admit, my knee-jerk reaction was to come back with something. Let me just do a little check here. How are we doing? Any better? We're getting it. All right, we're moving forward. So I'm just going to finish with my response to his, his thing was, Jared, I presumed you are enlightened enough to know about the continuing battle for control of the auditor's office, especially since it has been going on for so long, at which point I provided him with a link to the 2019 article. Uh, and I put, this is not the only instance where the auditor has done due diligence, only to be smacked with reprisals by Bergam through the legislature. Bergam and his PAC seem to have promoted many people who are beholden to his plan for governing to select legislative positions and other state officers. The plan to remove all effectiveness from the auditor through HB 1508 and some other bills of the same ilk put forth to stop transparency would effectively allow the governor to simply still select a more compliant individual and do business as usual. Seeing as how the Williston audit seems to have caused heartburn in the legislature this session and outrage among people you are supposed to represent, one might think you would be pushing to fund the auditor more and not regress the office to just another yes-sir position. Maybe the Bismarck school audit will produce more interest from the legislature in showing the people of North Dakota where their property tax and other money is being spent. But then again, probably not. Signed, Kit Brennan, District 20, taxpayer and citizen. Uh, I think you can fight to get past these people, but you have to just not let them cow you into being uh, told you're stupid and taking it. Mr. Tuttle, sweet Lord, we have you on board. I was tap dancing as fast as I could, sir. I think we did all right. Okay. So I would, I I would. Kid, let you know that the, the, the Williston school district has another audit that will be coming out this summer. Good. And that's on the joint two districts that were merged in district eight and district one. So that fireworks is still not over. Well, we're going to be talking about it on next Monday and with a lady who's right in the middle of the fight. So I'm expecting that this is going to be a very, very interesting story. Well, they're doing a recall. Awesome. uh, Right there. And I'm trying to get them into the ARC, which is their public facility for their, uh, oh, it's a rec center. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to tell me that we can't be there, even though I petitioned inside the ARC before. Well, so that's a battle I'm fighting today. Let me let me talk to you about that because you know they're still pushing that narrative that you guys violated uh, the law with that petition when you guys went out and and tried to get the term limits petition signed and everything else. Mm-hmm. So let's start with the real story and what really happened behind term limits because they're still uh, tongue in cheek, basically saying you broke the law. What do you got well, for me? Well, and here's what's interesting: I had nothing to do with the company that they hired. I just did the state fair. So I was not associated with the company. I was directly with Term Limits. I've been working with them. I helped to bring it into North Dakota to begin with. So when Al Yeager threw my personal signatures out, I think everyone who knows me, I did the Fighting Suit Petition, Shared Parenting. I've done Measure 2. I've never done anything illegal in petitioning in my life. I've been doing it for 40 years. And for them to throw my signatures out for no reason at all shows that this was intentional. This was just a misuse of power. We've got an attorney general right now that's getting 26 more percent in funding so that he can weaponize his office to come after opponents of this governor. And that's what they did. They actually, um, this Seth Toe, 
um, the notary. They never even suspended his license till I started talking about the fact that they never even contacted him or suspended his license. What they claim was this Chloe Lloyd, who evidently, here's how it works. A lot of people don't realize this, but we don't have professional petitioners in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. All the people I used at the state fair were my friends, okay? okay? They weren't professionals. So they wouldn't know what paper signature or bonuses, the, the requirements, all these restrictions that we're not supposed to have on the initiative process, okay, mm-hmm. that we have. And now they're trying to restrict it even more. I saw this that. Is, this is Burgum's shutting down the powers reserved to the people. How do we take North Dakota, the state that's got the most personal property when it comes to harvesting oil to a communist state where he has total control, him and Gates and these people who are running our country, we have to stop the powers reserved to the people. And that's the initiative process. And that's what they're doing. They're coming in and they're using the battle cry, term limits, term limits. They never even told us that this letter from the state's attorney in Minot, okay, Ward County, had been given to the Attorney General saying, there's no there there, guys. We have nothing to prosecute Mr. Tuttle on. It was a FOIA request from Jack Durham of the Tribune just a few days ago that got this letter out into the public. Awesome. So they were never willing. They they were trying. Mike Nathy, uh, uh, Representative Vetter, they're all sitting there saying, oh, fraud, fraud, fraud. These, These signatures were fraudulent. Al Yeager never once, even in the hearing at the Supreme Court level, they admitted they did nothing to verify any signature on this petition. That's not what they went after. They went after the notary that notarized 20-some thousand signatures, and they said, oh, he committed fraud because he crossed out an address on one affidavit or three affidavits, and that that's fraud because Al Yeager has been Secretary of State for 30 years he knows fraud when he sees fraud, and that's what he testified. That was the only testimony that was given. This this signature, he like he was in a handwriting analysis guy now. Okay, and and that was it. That was their whole argument. I'm going to get back to that. I'm going to do a real quick. Uh... Profit margin break right here for Southtown Poorhouse because I need to tell everybody that, man, every day is a great day at Southtown Poorhouse. Stop in for your favorite drinks and, of course, happy hour. You could need to buy one app and you can get one half off every day from 6 to 8. And you can't forget about their $3 burgers on Tuesdays. They have awesome steak specials on Thursdays from 5 to 8. And I want you to make sure to check out SouthtownPoorhouseGF.com to find out when your favorite band is playing live. And on 317, it's Rains. And on Saturday, 318, it's Semi-Charmed Hero. So I want you to make sure you check out those bands where every day is a great day, Southtown Poorhouse, 2015 Library Circle, next to the Grand Cities Mall. And they're open Tuesday through Saturday from 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. And they are looking to hire. So get out there and enjoy. Mr. Tuttle, they are now again attempting to make changes. To your yes. initiative. How come? <laughs> what? We voted and we voted for eight years. They're trying to make. They don't how, care. how can they do this, dear? They don't care. They violate the law, which they claim to want to protect so badly. They're violating the Constitution, which is the single. Now, think about this. Jim Casper. He's the one that's actually proposing this latest thing on, on, on the uh, uh, actually changing it from 12 years. Okay. Now, I want you to think about this. 
This just came out yesterday from another legislator that I think it was two sessions ago. Jeff Magrum proposed a 16 year term limit. (laughs) Every one of these guys voted it down. Every one of them voted this 16 year term limit down. Then Jim Casper, he, he signs a, a pledge with the term limits people for an eight year term limit. Okay, I yep. sent a copy of that out to everybody. So Jim Casper took $20,000 from these same people, the board members of term limits. He took $20,000 from them. So did, so did Ben Koppelman. I will say this for Ben Koppelman. He took the money with supporting a national term limits. He doesn't support the local. Of course not, because that's so, him. <laughs> right. But the problem is these guys are claiming that when the people get money from these people, the grassroots guys like me, okay, okay, who really want term limits, we take this money from them. Oh, it's somehow bad and evil. But when they take the money from the same people, how are you going to justify that? And now he's proposing 12 years when they refuse to even accept 16 years. It's all just so badly this 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 just goes to show what people are willing to do to protect the power and the control and the notoriety because of course they they love everybody going oh you're my representative oh 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 I mean that's that's doggone that's doggone appealing to the ego and I noticed that that what they do is they like to do what I find politics centers around which is they blame you for what they're doing themselves. <laughs> they're blaming mm-hmm. you yep. for malfeasance and breaking the law. And yep. then they turn around and commit malfeasance and break the mm-hmm. law. But that's okay. Cause that's them. They're special. Mm-hmm. You and I are not special. And, and they're passing laws to regain power over the Republican party. I just watched one this morning where David Hogue at the behest of Perry Schaefer. They want, they want to be protected from civil liability of wrongdoing. Really? Trying to, yeah, they're just, just, they just had a hearing on it this morning. I had legislators texting it to me. You got to watch this. Got to watch this. And you hear Perry Schaefer is right behind David Hogue. And David Hogue actually says, at the behest of, of a certain party leader who's going to be testifying, that this bill is, is coming forward to protect, because the parties are not an entity. They're not an LLC. They're not incorporated. Okay. Yeah. So, so these individuals, for instance, like Perry Schaefer, who removed me from the Republican convention. I'm filing civil litigation against him because he violated not only state law, he had no right to keep me out of that convention. And John Hoven, who actually shipped people in yes, he after did. the cutoff, we know that. We're going to sue both of them over the convention, and we're going to sue them for dollar amounts. So we're going to find out how successful of a, of a businessman Perry Schaefer really is because he brags about his six businesses that he's owned and all these other things. He's the most divisive person we've ever had in, in, the, in the Republican Party chair. It's sad. Well, and th- they're doing this all over the place. My district, if because I ran as an independent, I can't run again as a Republican for six years. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other people that were uh, that were actually trying to become people that went to the convention as delegates and they were trying to get them kicked off, even though there weren't even enough people to be delegates because they mm-hmm. were too conservative. They didn't want, I mean, the, the nefarious screwing around uh, that they are trying to do with, with which to turn it basically into a frat and a sorority where mm-hmm. uh, these are political parties. They should not be, be attempting to turn them into, as you said, a private business and they're well, rewriting it's, the it's, rules. It's, 
is pay to play. Yes, in very much so. For a state office, you have to pay them twenty five hundred dollars. In order to run for a yep. federal office, you have to pay them five thousand dollars. So what are they doing? They're removing the ability for any grassroots people to become, you know, legislators, become senators, become congressmen. So that's what they're doing. Well, they want to make sure that you're, if you're wealthy enough and you're a member of the uh, club, of which uh, I am not a member, <laughs> that you get to, you, as George Carlin would say, that they're in a club and you ain't in it. Now, right. they're, they're putting forth a lot of changes uh, to try to stop initiatives, literally. It's yes. nickel and diming. But I see that you've got two initiatives here. One is the Independent Auditor Initiative. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of my, my tap dancing while you were, we were trying to hook up with you, I explained a little bit of, of what I know they are t- attempting to do, which is uh, one of the amendments to 1508, which is a bad bill anyway is that they want to have the governor able to appoint an auditor to audit the auditor and some other yeah, ne- nefarious one, things. Yeah. What is your independent auditor initiative? Basically, what can you tell me about that in, in shorthand that you think it'll we do to help us do it? We actually wrote this about a year and a half ago, and we went to Josh with it. Okay. Because they've always been trying, Nathy and Judy Lee and these guys, they, if you ever go to a Lafferty meeting, that's where they do the audit reviews. Okay. Okay, then, and it's, it's atrocious. We thought the state troopers were going to have to come in a couple of those meetings because Nathy is like a bulldog beating up on the auditor. While these other people, whether it's the state library, whether it's uh, Tony Grimberg giving contracts to his wife at the School of Science, um, who, by the way, his his stepson, the mother, is Thomas Beale's mom. Okay. Yeah, it, I tell you what, the family <laughs> tree in government does not have a lot of branches around North Dakota. No, no. it is and not a good looking tree. It's almost a twig with a couple of sticks, because <laughs> everybody's like family members lodged Redneck somewhere. Brothers, cousins, yes. Uh, you know, family reunion. You're going there to get a bride. You know? I almost, I almost feel like I'm in a bad southern, southern little small town joke because it's yeah. every time I turn around, if you start following, you know, if we brought ancestry.com in here, they wouldn't have to do a lot of work. That's right. That's right. It's, it's here's sad. The problem, Kit, Kit, here's the problem. We're billionaires. This state is so yeah. wealthy, and it's a target for for these people, lobbyists. All these people look at the lobby list. We got we got. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, uh, what is his name? Um, Robin Weiss. He's the chairman of the of the Health and Human Services, which is going to be a five billion dollar agency. Absolutely, it is this, now. This man took money from Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson, who are both vaccine companies. No conflict of interest and there. And he's voting against Jeff Hoverson's anti-vax bills and not disclosing this to people. He also donated money uh, to a, a, some kind of an account that he set up calling the District 14 a fund, uh, um, uh, campaign fund, and he donated $4,500 or $600 to, to go against term limits. So these people in those districts don't even, aren't even aware of where this money came from or how he's able to do that. Well, well, wasn't there also a bill that was passed trying to bring out transparency, and they slammed that bad boy right to oh, the floor? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, because there was... already got a new bill saying that we can't get... Um, you know, we we used to be able to get all the legislators' emails during session. Yes, I so know we that. Know what they're doing and saying. Well, Judy Lee got that bill passed to stop that, which I think still violates the federal. FOIA it certainly Act. should. And and then now they're trying to do it because I found a way. Hey, let's. I want to go after the agencies. I want their emails. I want to know what they're doing and what they're saying. Well, well now they're trying to shut that down. 
this this attack on Josh Gallion has gotten just blatantly ugly. Uh, well, it is. This it is. there's a there was a letter to the editor from Michelle Comer, who which showed up in the uh, the the raginform dot com on the opinion page. <laughs> ar, ar, ar. And the reason she does it on the opinion page is she can get away with it there. But state auditor is a rabid press hound disguised as a watchdog is the title of the freaking opinion. Wow, wow. All right, and she writes about the audit of the North Dakota Commerce Department, which she happened to be in charge of the time that the audit came down. So I can't imagine why she has any bad feelings about this because, of course, she didn't do well. I was there. I was there when she was there. Mm-hmm. And they were crying about the fact that she might have to hire her own lawyer. And what they did was they were carrying over money from the last uh, last uh, uh, legislative session. Yep. The, the, the legislature allocates a certain amount of money for them to do this certain year um, whatever their budget year is, right? Okay. They had money left over. Instead of going back to the legislature, getting approval to spend this money that they had left over for this particular project, if you remember, it was the legendary, okay? Remember mm-hmm. when they changed Okay. They took that money without permission from the legislature and used it. And if I remember right, they gave it to, it was an inappropriate way in which they bundled the money. They bundled the money so it wouldn't go out to other um, bidders. Got it. They bundled it in a way. That, that's what they did. It was wrong what they did. And they fixed Bur- the bid, Charles. <laughs> yeah. And it was Burgum's. They the fixed baby. the, the well, what, what it is is you want to make sure your friends are profiting. So if your friends, right. I'm sure, happen to be in advertising mm-hmm. agencies and marketing companies, well, we just like if they're in a construction company, <coughs> Jones, mm-hmm. um, right. that, that, that we want to make sure that the bids all go to the right people. Uh, which well, a like lot of times our family members too, by the way, as, we're, as long as we're talking about ancestry dot com. But, but, <laughs> but, but, but I mean, it's just it's just crazy to me that well, that this has been going on for decades, and mm-hmm. it's been leaking out slowly, and now it's kind of hit critical mass, and and now the legislation and the rewriting of the century mm-hmm. code and everything else mm-hmm. is just in steroid land because yes, these because people are trying to cover Heine. Well, and they're stealing they're stealing the store. Nobody's been watching the store, and now we and all Josh Gallion can do. He can't. He has no way of prosecuting or no. He is not a prosecutor. A prosecutor can only shed light on what's happening, and we can't have that. We, you know, I I remember Nathy and Lee saying in the audit review committee, "Well, we need to see these before the public did. We, you need to give us like three weeks." What the hell? Oh yeah, And, and and Josh Gallion said, "You know what? I was elected by the people." Everybody gets this at the same time. There's no reason because they want to spin it. That's what I mean. I, you never even heard about the partial audit, did you? Not yet. School district partial. Yep. Oh, that's been a, that's been a year or so ago. They had three point seven million dollars missing. Oh, p- pish posh. And that's what the old auditors used to do. They used to wait two years before they actually made these audits public. So by the time the, the public saw or heard it, it was way past. The people that violated the law Sips, look, gee, look, managed look, to slip away. Go to jail. Managed to slip away rather like the, uh, mm-hmm. the the lady that deleted a whole bunch of emails, which also, even though our attorney general found it wasn't against the law, was a direct violation. It is against the law. Wait, yes. He's a liar. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying. And, and, I'm just saying. If you, if you read the law, it, it's pretty clear. It's the destruction of government property. But here's the problem with that, kid. The problem with that is the two people that they let go had no forensic ability to delete those emails where they were not retrievable. 
somebody else has them had to do the bleach bit Hillary Clinton smashing right? with Remember hammers. Yep, smashing with the hammers. So, so who are those? So the only pro- the problem is we've got an attorney general that's as bad as Wayne Stenjum was. They were they were brothers in crime together. Remember Susan Bala case in yeah. in, in Fargo? Mm-hmm. Okay, they stole five million dollars from Susan Bala. They stole five million dollars from their that bankruptcy court, claiming it was tax dollars owed. But yet they've not been able to answer where that five million went. The 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 legislature had to go into session and they had to put the, the price tag on that five million. It was in two thousand three with interest was fifteen point eight million. So wow! They had to pay fifteen point eight million to Susan Bala years after these two stole that money. And I want to know where that $5 million went. I want to know where it's at. Well, the other problem we have is is that if you have someone like this, that Josh can only bring forth the evidence. Josh can't prosecute. So it has to go to the AG's office. And if we have the AG's office saying, nothing to see here, I didn't see a, I didn't see a crime because, you know, I'm like, I didn't see a crime. I just, I just am like, what are we going to do? But before we answer that, I have to do a produced ad from Executive Properties. <laughs> Let her rip, Paul. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Diane says Executive Properties did a roof project and remodeled a bathroom in our house. We were happy with their quality of work, and the projects were completed in a timely manner. We will use Executive Properties for our next home project. Get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. Okay, so this auditor initiative that you're trying to put forth, is this designed to protect the fact that the yes. auditor should be able yes. to be elected by the people and not be defunded yes. because he's, he's the does, messenger? It gives a, point, a 0.25% uh-huh. uh, budget of the total spending of the legislature. So if the total spending of the legislature goes up, the auditor's budget goes up. If it goes down, the auditor's budget goes down. This auditor has not had an increase in budget in 20 years. They've only given him one auditor in 20 years when we've gone from a billion dollars to an $18.5 billion government. Think about that. Well, just, just Health and Human Services with an $8 billion budget? I mean, sweet yes, Lord, you, somebody's got to be watching that. And they have no accountability. They were $700 million in the red going into this session. And you talk to your county commissioners, they will tell you these people have the health, what do they call them? Each district has a health uh, District person, yep. they have no accountability, none. They're just they have a blank check. They can do whatever they want. And think about the audit the auditor did on that, showing that our most abused children in North Dakota were not getting help for some what three weeks, two weeks. It was supposed to be a twenty-four hour check, yes. and those children that were supposed to be being checked in twenty-four hours, the yes. average was thirteen days to respond. Yes. A lot, of, a lot of kids can die or be injured yes. forever in thirteen days. This is serious stuff that we're talking about. It's, it's life and death stuff. And why does not our our, our governor? Why, you know, you know, Kirsten Basler was just in front of a whole bunch of legislators the other day, telling them that. We have schools with zero proficiency, but they're all got an 89% graduation rate. 
See, as a uh, trust me, trust me, as a teacher, I can verify that because I got some of those students at the college level, and uh, I would I would look at them and I go, "Can you read this? No. Do you know how to write? Kinda. Uh, what about math? No. I mean, yeah. But they're all passing. Give, give me a phone. Give me a phone. Yeah. Give me a phone. They're I, all, I they're all passing. And, and there should be being audits, not just for, for following the money, but for things like this education thing where that just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You, those kids should not be being passed, period. Right. That is not and, going to be doing anyone and, any good. And just so you know, that they got a half a billion, Jesus. $500 million of PPP money. And they doled it out to all the schools in North Dakota. And it was actually told to all the schools that they had no accountability with this money. They could do with whatever they wanted to do with it. Oh, my God. Think about that. Okay, so here, I got a real problem with this because I know that there's a lot of people trying to put forth bills and stuff where we feed all the kids no matter what their income. And and we're just, what we're doing is we're just finding areas in education where we can (laughs) shovel money. And we're not looking at need or anything anymore as far as food and things. But when it comes right. to actually educating a kid, mm-hmm. uh, we we throw money at it. And then we, we have a reduction in proficiency, which to me is a not a good return on my investment. It's, I'm a business it's person. Abuse. It's abuse. It's yeah. abuse. And, and, okay. but, but you see, stupid people are easily manipulated. Therefore, exactly. if you have stupid children to grow into stupid adults, you're not mm-hmm. going to have people out here asking questions mm-hmm. because you'll mm-hmm. just be told it's none of your business and you'll go, mm-hmm. oh, okay. That's why when I was at the beginning of the show, when, when my, my representative said, maybe you can educate me, I went... <laughs> More than happy to, baby. Let's <laughs> let's let's back the bus up, and I will fire up the keyboard and let me let me do my best to educate you on this auditor's bill that you uh, wanted to be snarky about because I'd be more than happy to. By the way, I didn't get a chance to finish it, but I did get an apology from him this morning, saying that he hadn't uh, had the time, uh, hadn't been able to follow through. And so all he had was the original bill, so he didn't know about some of the changes and stuff. Thank you for sending those proposed amendments. I had not been aware of them. I went it, I went into our system that shows the bills. The version I sent you is what the House passed. The Senate is hearing on the 17th. Those amendments will be proposed there. What are we paying people for there besides beer and uh hors d'oeuvres at uh, the, the, the restaurants after the session closes down at 5 and they well, all run out? Even- it's even worse than that. It's, it's a, you know, I, I hate to bring this up, but I think I think Shannon Rose Jones, who sat there during the Luke Simons, saying that only the appearance is enough to have you removed from the legislature. Well, everybody should question her and Corey Mock. Okay, <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. I'm not going to go any further. Well, but there's a really big issue there that is totally, totally immoral and really sheds bad light on our legislature. I know nothing about that, but the one thing I do happen to know is that the DUIs during legislature are rampant and they can't be charged for them because they're on state business. Yeah, that's exactly right. You cannot, unless it's murder, they can't commit a So crime. there's a lot of people out there who may not know just how much fun and hijinks ensue during these uh, legislative sessions, and nobody's going to know a thing about it because nobody's going to be charged because besides not being able to access emails and a whole bunch of other things, mm-hmm. you're not going to get able to know what they're doing down there either. But from what I understand, because I happen to know some people, People down there in the bar and restaurant business, it's not good. They're out of control. Instead of doing what they're supposed to be doing and 
really, I don't see too many legislators, except these new ones. I got I got to hand it to the new ones. They've been reprimanded for decorum because one got up and said, yeah, I'm sick and tired of these crybaby bills, referring to the initiative ones over the term limits. Mm-hmm. And he said that on the floor. And he says, it's got to stop. And he got reprimanded. And I also heard someone say something about, you know, the deception that's being, you know, like Mike Navy came into one of the one of the um, sessions saying, oh, this 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 um, term limits was so fraught with fraud. That even even the term limits people didn't deny it. Well, what's a three hundred thousand dollar expenditure for a lawsuit? Tell them you're denying. You don't go to court if you're not denying something. I mean, that's the kind of deception. And then we had Vetter. Vetter was sitting there saying that all these signatures, I called Vetter. I said, you have no right. You have no knowledge of any signatures, and that is slander. If you're if you're saying these signatures were bad, there was no attempt on the Secretary of State's office to even look at the signatures. And now we got this new Secretary of State who testified a couple of days ago on something, who even admitted he has no idea what the process is yet. Oh, that, that fills me with confidence. <laughs> um, well, I- he's a fifth generation you know, Bonanza farmer from Castleton. So he's going to be probably governor someday knowing. Well, that. see, that's the problem I have with this is, is the fact that, especially with the lack of term limits and other things, we get people who are elected and then they just camp. Mm-hmm. And they take all of the uh, all of the perks and everything else and skip down the road, and they have no accountability anywhere for anything. And I mean, you know, I would love to have no accountability anywhere for my life. I, I, I sweet Jesus, I got to tell you, my life would be a lot easier if I didn't have to worry about those nasty little things, but that that they don't have to worry about. But I just have to sit back and go. I I, I look at at what's going on here, and it 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 bothers me because. Every time the people manage to squeak an initiative through and get a vote on something like we did with the the marijuana bill, if, whether you're for or against the marijuana bill or not, what I'm trying to say is when something is voted through by the people, the first thing the legislature seems to do is try to amend it and figure out a way to, to bypass mm-hmm. it. Neuter it. Neuter yes. it. Yep. Yes. So that there yep. is no future for, yep. even if you, and now they're trying to neuter the initiative me- measure ability mm-hmm. by saying, it oh, it's right all the, outside people here. And, and it says right in the Constitution, anything, any law passed to restrict, hinder, okay, or mm-hmm. impede the initiative process is unconstitutional. You can only pass laws that will enhance it. And they, they do not, there's nothing they want worse than to stop any powers reserved to the people. They do not care about the people. You know, there was a bill in front of uh, Headland. And, and I think um, uh, Vicki Steiner, okay, to abolish property tax for anybody 65 or older. I think it was Larry Blue. Okay. And Hedlund, Hedlund, first thing he says is, oh, Larry, all these people 65 and older have 401ks. They have property. They have the ability to pay. This is not right. And then Vicki stepped up and says, oh, it makes my stomach burn to think that anyone over 65 wouldn't have to pay property tax. Why are we picking a – well, I'm like, yeah, let's just let it go for everybody then. We should be abolishing it all. But think about this. I want you to think about this. They're burning the money down there. There's a bonfire right now, and all of it's our cash. We're losing $600 million in Wall Street in the School Land Trust last year. $49 million we paid the investors to invest it. We've lost a billion dollars in the legacy fund in Wall Street. No one's talking about this stuff. 
Burnham is going to spend all the money that we have right now. They're burning the money. And why? It's about the reset. We cannot have a wealthy state. You know this carbon capture thing? Yes. Okay. Well, here's the, here's the ugly little secret. You know what the number one emission of carbon in North Dakota is? No. Flaring. Yeah, okay, that Flaring makes sense. Flaring is an emission of carbon. But they don't I seem to want to do anything about it. And Well, of course not. You know why? Because if we do something about it, we will use that resource in the homes of North Dakota. Correct. Reducing our energy costs, giving the people in North Dakota real, real savings, just like giving giving the this um, a property tax. If we gave everybody $500 in their pockets every month, they wouldn't need $60 million for giving everybody free lunch program. This free lunch program that they passed, mm-hmm. the first initial fiscal note on it was $89 million. Okay? Yes. So what they did was they said, oh, that's too big. The people won't accept that. But we'll, we'll cut it the people under $60,000 income. We'll have it. Anyone who makes $60,000 or less will get a free lunch. Well, the medium income in North Dakota is fifty-seven thousand. Uh-huh. So that means almost everybody will get the free lunch, right? Right. But somehow they come up with a fiscal note of six million dollars to try and pass this thing, which they did. And you, you really look at the numbers; it's more like sixty-five to sixty-seven million dollars. And that's what they do. They lie about it. But but oh, we can't have property tax relief. You know, if we abolish the property tax, we'll eliminate. 10,000 government jobs, according to the Beacon Hill study, we will create uh, in the first year 10,000 private sector jobs. We will have an economy, a robust economy that will be unheard of. Well, and like the income tax. We've currently got, we're currently managing to give TIFs off to everybody and their dog uh, that, that, wants to, that wants to turn, a, special, turn the building into an apartment. You know, special the, interest. Yep. And special interest. so, so, so with, if they can manage. To, to put off their, their property taxes, I don't understand why they can't seem to find a way to put off the property tax and, and for 65 years and over. And most of these businesses that are getting these TIFs are multi-billion dollar businesses. Yep. Mm-hmm. So telling yep. somebody that they're 65 and they should have a good 401k plan, what the hell's the difference? The answer is there isn't. We're, weren't we going to give the Chinese a, a tax break? We sure were. We sure Blue were. I mean, yep. Come on. Absolutely. But we can't. We can't allow property owners to own property, especially if we're trying to take our society from a private ownership to a communist ownership. That's the first thing that you can't allow. And, and that's, that's why they want to be able do. to take that property. Yes, you got it. You got it. And, and if oh, they keep nobody... raising property taxes, it's going to be easier and easier. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, we, and we have an initiative for that. And the, the, Go back to the auditor's initiative. We have three nice initiatives that we want to put out there. Okay. Other, we want to give him more subpoena powers. We want to give him prosecutorial powers, like a like a, a, a inspector general would have. Okay. Uh, he could convene a grand jury. Those are the types of things that we have in there. The other one is actually an election integrity initiative. This is to get rid of the machines. This is to make sure that you, as an individual, can see if your vote counted. Right now, we don't have any way. We are the least transparent state in the country when it comes to elections because we can't right now i've been trying to get reports on the, the, the people who voted in the last election and the auditors have all been fighting me there's only a few that have given me those and as a losing candidate 
I'm entitled to those. You should. And uh, we've had some real issues we're working on right now. With we got three counties that we're working on heavily, and they've been really. And we have an email from Secretary of State's office directing these auditors on what to do about my open records request. So there's some real nefarious things going on there. And well, the other thing, the Energy uh, Independent uh, initiative that we want to put out. Yep. Number one, it will stop carbon. It will stop burying the carbon into our ground. Which is stupid. Why are we bringing 30 other states' carbons into North Dakota when we have flaring is our real problem? <laughs> and then the other thing in that, it will take and it will make it prohibitive to have any energy source that is subsidized. Great. Listen, Think about that one. <laughs> I like this one. I'm going to get right back to you, but first I'm going to do my last commercial break with Life Vantage and ask you, do you take collagen? Because have you heard about the one-of-a-kind collagen? This collagen not only replenishes your body, but helps your body create its own collagen using natural products, and then it maintains it. To find out more about this amazing product, please contact Stephanie Krenelka and Life Vantage. For more information, check out stephk.lifevantage.com or text 701 701- Two three zero nine three zero six. That's seven zero one two three zero nine three zero six. Or you can email skbesthealth at gmail dot com and biohack your life with Life Vantage. And if those things were, were, flew by too fast, go out to GrandForksBestSource dot com and click on the link, and we'll take you directly to that. Okay. Last little bit we've got here, and last fifty minutes. I want you to. Because I, I see out, out by Langdon, we have that huge, huge uh, windmill farm. And, of course, we've got all kinds of other things that are going to be carbon neutral and green energy. And carbon dioxide is, is awful. I mean, plant a couple of trees. You're, you're good to go with carbon dioxide. <laughs> but, but, but the thing is, is that all of this stuff costs us money. And that seems to be the the order of the day is how much more can we put upon the backs of the people that, by the way, will enrich the ones that are at the top that are related to or involved in Bismarck. And it just seems so apparent to me, but nobody else seems to be able to see it. So you've got this initiative. And uh, I understand from when I take a look at it that you're going to say to the government, I should be able to use any form of fuel whether it's electric, propane, whatever, and should not be limited. Is that the basis of this, or can you tell me more? Yeah, it's the basis of it. Okay. But it's also the basis of the fact that it has to have an equal playing field. So you can't – if energy, if wind energy can sustain itself without a subsidy, okay, then it's, then it's a viable energy in North Dakota. Okay. But when it, when it has to have a subsidy, then, then it's not – it's not legal in North Dakota. Okay. So when, when Minnesota says, oh, you have to have so much green energy that we're going to take, we tell them, hey, don't take it. You know, I'm sick and tired of these people trying to tell us what, what we have to do to push us into green. And we can't have – we also put the ESG in there okay. to make sure that we can no longer invest in these companies. We have our own bank in North Dakota. Yes, we do. We can do our – we don't need any investments out of state. None. We can bring all this money back. We can buy a billion, two billion dollars in silver and gold. We can make sure we have our own mint. We can do our own bonding. It takes fifty-three million dollars to bond a billion dollars a year 
for 30 years at 4%. We can do that. We don't need any of these people. They come in, you know, Chase Morgan, all of them come in, prayed into the school land trust meetings and, and give us their fancy spiel. And for some reason, our, our pick legislators or state officials seem to think that, oh, wow, we can be investment people on Wall Street. And we lose millions of dollars. Well, that's we interesting because I, I, I want to bring up the fact that we, we've got a couple of banks. In fact, there's more than a couple. We've got the, the Silicon Valley Bank, the one that's in New York, and there's a couple others that are going under right now. Yep. And I think we're going to yep. see a bunch more. So the yes. fact that we're, we're bringing these people in and, yep. and working with them seems to me to not only be hypocritical but dangerous. It's very dangerous, and they need our money because we have cash money. Ours is cash money. And that, that I've been screaming this. I remember John Goffrey coming out of an investment meeting. I said, John, we lost 24% of our, our whole, uh, uh, what do they call it, portfolio in a year in, in our school land trust, $600 million. We need to get that money back into North Dakota and stop this bleeding. And he's like, well, what would you propose we do with it? I said, John, we could bury in the backyard and do better than what we're doing in Wall Street. And they need our money, but we don't need theirs. And we don't need, you know, this, just like this corporate farming thing. Oh, we need this outside investment for feedlots. You know what? I talked to ranchers. There's only three reasons why we don't have feedlots in North Dakota. And that's December, January, and February. Yes. Okay? So that's a lie. What is it Burgum's doing? What is his vision? His vision is to destroy all of the economy, all of the ability for North Dakota to actually feed and sustain itself without any outside interference. We and need to realize that. And if you get rid of the farm families, mm-hmm. then all you've got is a bunch of corporations who will do exactly what they're told. They'll limit what they grow. They'll do whatever they need to yep. do to, to comply because they have no skin in the game. And that's what that's what this uh, grand farm in in Castleton is. Mm-hmm. I was there at the grand opening. We're, we're giving twenty million dollars to this thing. It's a private public en- enterprise. Harold Ham's got money in it. So does the guy that owns the ethanol plant. And the problem is these guys are are willing to do the research to eliminate the farmer. Farmers better wake up. These people are not your friends, and we don't need them. We have look at all the categories that we're number one in in the in the country. Honey, barley, it, 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 there's a whole list. We don't need corporate farming to be number one, do we? Well, that's the same thing I told everybody when Fu Fang came in. Is, is I said, if this thing takes off and goes the way they're saying about it, first of all, you're going to lose a lot of the little co-ops and a lot of the little elevators around here because these people are going to Walmart them. They're going to pay yes. more for other stuff until those guys close down and now they yes. got you. And it's yep. it's just a classic business takeover plan. Yep. I said, you guys are they're setting you up here, and the farmers that were out there saying, "Well, we really need to do this." I'm like, you aren't even thinking past today's dollar. Today's and dollar is going to be the, tomorrow's penny. And what's wrong with the Farm Bureau, my friends? Oh my goodness, they have just gone off the deep end. They're they're opposing term limits. They're they're supporting this uh, farm corporate farming. I don't know what's going on with the Farm Bureau. Well, all I have, all I have to know is whatever the Farm Bureau's been promised, it must be good. And what they're, what they're trickling down or saying is going to trickle down be, be, because this – I've always said this. So many people are playing checkers and the other guys are playing chess. 
mm-hmm. and all we can see is our, our very next move, mm-hmm. and they're like five moves, six moves ahead of us, and they know the future. We can't even figure out freaking tomorrow. And well, they're, already, they're already six years ahead of us. We, and if we, we don't wake North, up, we're screwed. North Dakota is the biggest danger to them all. North Dakota is the only state that can, can beat this. And we've got to really figure this out quickly. I don't know what's wrong with most of our legislators other than it's money. Yes, that's where we're going. Trillion dollars in debt. We're, we're, they're treating us like Ukraine. It's a... It's a it's a money bag thing. Somebody's making a lot of money and they're printing it as fast as they can give it away. And it's, it's not, you know, Burgum, Gates, it's all of that. Well, and we better realize and wake up. They're up to kill us too. You know that. Yeah. That money, money and politics, that. money and politics uh, yeah. go together. But the problem is, is once the money becomes more important to the politicians than the people, Mm-hmm. And of course, with without knowing how we can get our elections going, the people don't matter anymore, because it's all coming down to the money. Because as long as they have control over the elections and everything else that they the bank, uh, mm-hmm. the obviously the, uh, the they dump money into uh, getting certain legislators and everybody else elected through Burgum's mm-hmm. pack. I mean, how mm-hmm. how does a little guy? stand up against a, a couple of million bucks just out of Bergam's pack, much less Pfizer money and everything else that's being dumped in. You can't. So basically, even if you want to run and you want to be a good, honest legislator, good luck with that because you're going to be sitting out there hand lettering your signs while they're running signs off of a, off of a printing press and, mm-hmm. and just dumping them off a truck every other house. Well, and that's why we've got, to, we've got laws to protect this. Article five, section ten. Doug Burgum is violating. We need to uh, we need to impeach him. We need to remove him. He's criminally, you know, it, it's a crime for him to go and testify for this bill that his friend Bill Gates, who donated, I mentioned money that. Now, okay, I mean that's it's a crime. It's a bribery crime. So who's going to prosecute? We need to get the citizen grand jury initiatives that I have. We need to get those on the books again, and we need to be able to take these people to task. The law is the only thing that's going to protect us. The law. Well, the and problem, them, the problem with that, have, though. I know they, we have legislators willing to violate the law right now with the term limits issue. The, the right? law seems to only have a basis of usefulness when it's being used against us. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it doesn't seem to, to bother anybody very much. And so I, again, run up against a lot of people that say, well, there's nothing we can do about it. So we're almost well, we out of time. On our we're almost we out of time. To, I want you to have, tell me what we're going to do about it. Go ahead. We have to work on our sheriffs. We have to work on them. They have to understand that they have to follow the Constitution. And the Constitution is the only thing that can save us. And the most powerful constitutional law enforcement officer is the sheriff. And that's what we have to start focusing on. For some reason, we've only got a few of them in North Dakota, but we do have some. Now we're going to have a, I know there's going to be a summit coming up with sheriffs okay. in North Dakota. And I'm hoping that we can start educating them, explaining to them what it is. Just like the, the I went down to file charges on LaFleur, who was actively as a, as a legislator organizing, you know, the opposition to term limits. That violates 16.1 corrupt practices in North Dakota. These are things we have to start doing. We're going to have to get these law enforcement people, sheriffs, Okay, to start following the law and going after it and pursuing these people. And until there's some type of a 
punishment for these people. They're going to continue those, I mean, openly. These guys, when we talk about Casper and these guys, they're openly saying that we're going to take this provision that says we can't take this provision out. I yep. Mean, okay. I I know because that was the one thing that I noticed when this legislation went in was I said, my God, they're doing nothing more than sitting down and rewriting century code to protect their butts. Because no, they're rewriting the constitution. That too. This isn't century code. This is constitution. That's what's really amazing. The the supreme law of the land is our constitution, and they're they're out there telling everybody we have to protect it. At the same time, they're violating it. But that's exactly what I mentioned before. You see, what they do is they blame you for what they're doing. It's it's yes. like being stuck in an abusive relationship where somebody yep. comes up and smacks you up the side of the head and says, heard you've been cheating on me. And you're like, what? What the heck? When they're the ones that have been doing the cheating. Yep. It's, it's, it's just, it's patterned. But, well... Charles, we had a little rocky start, but we got it going here. And I wanna, I wanna thank you so much for being with us. With you, it's always enlightening. You're, you're a busy man. You, you thank gosh, you're fighting for us. And I want to remind everybody again, once more, that Friday, the seventeenth, St. Patrick's Day, I want you to know that we are having a three-year anniversary. Previous hosts, guests, and friends are invited to come and hang out. We are going to have some live music. We're going to have a party. I might be here. I'm going to do my best to try. And I want to make sure everybody comes out and celebrates the fact that Grand Fork's best source is here to keep you informed, to keep you knowledgeable of what's happening, not just in North Dakota, but federally, and to let you know you are not alone Please, please, please don't think that there's no reason to keep fighting. Don't let the bastards get you down. <laughs> All right, everybody, I got to go home and shovel snow. Have an hey, excellent, hey, get, excellent get, day. Two, two get, seconds. Get your fighting Sioux jersey behind you. <laughs> I'll do that. Sue. I'll do that, Charles. Hang tight. <laughs>